My name is Eric LeMay, and you're listening to the Literature Channel on the New Books Network. Today, I speak with Latanya McQueen, whose new collection of essays reckons with intriguing and timely questions about history, race, family, place, and self. It's called, And It Begins Like This. And I immediately found myself asking, what's it? What's this? Not until over halfway through the book did McQueen make the answer clear when she writes, There is a story I once believed, and it begins like this. A woman named Leanna Brown was a slave to Bedford Brown, senator of North Carolina. Sometime during her enslavement, she had a relationship with a white man who lived on a neighboring farm. And the results of their relationship produced three children, one of them my ancestor. McQueen's book is, in part, her attempt to learn the full and complicated truth of this story, to discover, as much as the historical record will allow, the history of her great-great-grandmother. This search, it turns out, asks her no less than to grapple with the history of race relations in the United States and the ways in which it manifests in her own life and family. And it begins like this is a clear-eyed and powerful account not only of the experience of being an African-American woman right now, but also a testament to the importance of this experience and the insight it brings for all Americans. Latanya McQueen, welcome to the New Books Network. Hi, Eric. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited that you're here today. And you have a recent collection of essays out called, and it begins like this. Um, and and there's kind of an interesting story behind this. I mean, for for the power of the book, and it's powerful, and kind of the, the austere beauty of the book, and it's beautiful. Um, you have a mixed relationship, I think, to its existence, to the work you put in. I've, I've read a little bit in doing research for the interview, um, and it wasn't always a book you were so keen about writing. So could could you lead us in a little bit um, by telling us about your, your thinking about the project and and how it's kind of fit into your vision as a writer? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple of things with this. I think one of which um, I have always identified myself as being a fiction writer primarily. Um, and so the idea of uh, writing a book of essays um, and then writing a book of essays that was uh, structured in this particular way um, wasn't something um, I... I mean, I, I had resistance towards. Um, so part of it was that. Part of it also, too, um, for a long time, I fought against this idea of uh, like of writing just about uh, black experience. I think if you are any kind of if you're a, if you're a minority writer, if you're a writer from any kind of marginalized position, there is this this there tends to be this kind of pressure to, um, to just write about that. And then to, uh, and then in conversations about, um, whatever you do, write, It always kind of, uh, the conversation always kind of comes back to this question um, of the marginalization and not so much uh, what the book is doing. And so, uh, or what the writing is doing. And so I wanted, or when I first started writing and for a long time after, I was really, was really concerned with, um, uh, feeling this desire to prove that I was more than that, 
um, or that I could do other things, I guess. And then so, so in writing or thinking about this book, um, part of like part of my resistance was just because I wasn't sure I could write it on like a, an essay collection or um, a series of essays that looked in this particular way. Um, um, and part of it was also to this just kind of uh, this reticence to writing about my identity. Um, <clears throat> and uh, a couple of, I mean, the, I, and even over the course of writing the book, right. Like I felt um, uh, there was this kind of conflict and I think uh, part of what I ended up learning over the course of writing the book, but also to over the course of the time and period, the, the time period of which um, I was thinking of the things of the things that were happening in the book. Um, I realized part of my own identity has part of who I am and part of what my own kind of relationship to uh, the world has been this part of my way of being has been to be uh, complacent, to be um, accommodating, to be um, to uh, uh, to not want to rock the boat in any kind of way. Um, and so writing these essays made me realize that it doesn't matter, I guess, like I could be accommodating. I could be a certain way I can try to be like, it, none of that matters because I'm still going to be seen in a as a black woman living in this country and people are still going to have their own uh, prejudices, biases. And so then it made me kind of question why, why I was doing this, why it felt this way. And so uh, the arc of the book is me kind of learning to kind of, or attempting to learn to kind of overcome this feelings, these feelings. And then also to, to um, think about what are the larger uh, historical um, connections that have led me to thinking about thinking of myself and thinking of my own residence to uh, writing about race and um, thinking about race. That's really fascinating. And I'm hoping that we can, we can get in and unpack some of those questions about respectability politics and your use of, of the archive and the historical pressures that are, are bearing on this moment of writing. And I was thinking of, of maybe one, one interesting way in to your range and reach as a writer is if after a brief introduction, which I'll tell you about in a second, you would be willing to describe just kind of for listeners, the nature of this book. And what I'd like to do for the the brief introduction to kind of get this larger topography of your vision out there is to read a passage from your website in which you describe some of your fiction so that we could we could see perhaps, you know, here's the larger topography of the work and see this project within that range. Would that be okay? Yeah, I 
Yeah, I, 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 um, I. Can you explain this one more time? So you're wanting me to to read some of my fiction too, or talk about my fiction? I just want to read a list of some of the stories that you've written, okay. so that readers know that the person who's writing this book is also the person who's written these stories, and to think about this project within that larger scope. Okay. And you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about as soon as I start going. Okay. <laughs> Here are some stories, right? By by Latanya McQueen. A woman who swallows a tiny man who begins to wreak havoc inside her body. A story about a black woman who gives birth to a white baby. A woman who loses control of her limbs. A story about a woman who travels to Bujumbura in search of her lover. A story about a sinkhole growing in a family's backyard. A story about child abductions in Rio de Janeiro. A story inspired by the Atlanta child murders. A fictionalized story loosely based on the 19 immigrants who died in a refrigerator truck and a story about a child who dreams of becoming a balloonist. I mean, one thing is I want to read this collection of short stories for sure. These are just marvelous. And then I'm wondering if you could tell us, so what is the the essence of the book that you're writing here about? And then we suddenly see, oh my goodness, this range, this reach. Um, and also I think that gives us a sense as a writer of, of some of the pressures that you are articulating in that opening question about um, – not wanting to be limited to a certain identity politics or the pressures or expectations of them um, in writing this collection of essays. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, so part of that, right, is when I started, when I started writing, I was actually, um, I, when I went to school, I was, I wanted to do, I wanted to, I went into for it for journalism. And so when I first kind of made the transition to writing stories, I had this like journalistic bent to them. So um, a lot of, so like the stories that are um, the one about Rio de Janeiro, for example, or, um, <coughs> or the one about Bujumbura, like those are uh, those are from this larger kind of idea I had of stories that were first person narratives that um, document a person's di- disappearance. And so they all had this kind of historical um, um, or uh, political bend to them. And they were all also too, they were all first person narration and they were all, um, you, it was unclear in terms of uh, like the, the uh, racial identity of any of the speakers. Um, <clears throat> and so that was, a, so some of those stories that are listed come from that. Um, also too, I've always attempted to kind of try different things. And so I was really interested in fabulism. And so some, some of those stories are coming from this push towards that. Um um, so it wasn't in really until writing this book or after this book that I, I've also now veered towards writing, not just about race, but writing about, um, uh, black identity, black, black experience. Um, and so, uh, so now, now I'm heading in that direction. And I think part of it came from, or this push now to finally do that came from, uh, me, um, writing this book and then writing it in the way, uh, that I did. Um, I think I had to do this first, um, um, before I could, uh, think about, uh, writing, writing stories about black. And then part of it, I think also too, when I was in school, you know, whenever people had these kind of conversations to me, or I was kind of like suggested to, to write about black identity. Like there was always a sort of, uh, 
I think there was like a, like a type of black experience that people were kind of looking for. Um, And, and by type, like, I think there seemed to be this kind of like stories about uh, like black, like black poverty or something. And I, um, or like an experience that wasn't necessarily something um, that I felt like, I could do if that makes sense. So I, you know, I went to, I went, I grew up in Kentucky. I grew up in a kind of a rural part of Kentucky. Um, the school that I went to was really diverse though. Cause it was near a Fort Knox military base. Um, um, I didn't, uh, I didn't really feel at the time uh, ex- excluded or, um, I don't know, I guess. So when, so when you, when you are kind of told to write about, I just didn't, I just didn't have an, I just didn't have an understanding yet, I guess, of what, what kinds of stories I could do. Um, And now that I'm pushed toward now, after writing this and thinking about it more, um, part of one of the things that I'm interested in exploring in um, fiction and also nonfiction is just how um, this uh, this kind of this loss or this feeling of loss of identity that kind of happens when you are in um, as a minority you're in um, uh, primarily white spaces and what that has to what that that what that how that how that affects a person's sense of self um, and so now the stories that I'm looking at and uh, the work that I'm doing now um, is exploring more of what that means. And I think uh, before this book and before the time in my life that contributed to me writing this book, I wouldn't, I don't think I had an understanding of that yet to explore. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And I appreciate that, that contextualization. Do you think you could give us as listeners just a basic sense of what is the project of this book? What is it that you did end up doing? Um, with this essay collection, mm-hmm. um, can you can you explain that a little bit more? Like, what do you mean by like, what is the project, or like, what like what is oh the larger kind of story, or like why? If somebody yeah came to me and said, you know, and I said, and it begins like this, uh, you got to check this out, and they'd say, well, what's it all about? So okay, so I, <laughs> um, and part of why I'm laughing is because you know you kind of I think for me like I I know already right, and so. <laughs> forgetting that other people yes exactly um it's a book of essays that uh centers around a couple of things one of which is this larger story of uh a great great grand- grandmother elena brown who um during <coughs> reconstruction era she and then part of this, all of this is like part of this larger um folk war uh, family folk war um and so the story that was told to me is that this woman she was a slave to the u.s senator um bedford brown north carolina um and she at some points um um during reconstruction um she had um a relationship with a white farmer um that nearby and this relationship produced uh several children so um between two to three um she had three children but it's unclear in terms of um if all three of the children were his or or what or what's happening there um and part of that has to do with the fact that one of them um 
one of them went by uh their their uh what do you call it they're they're like they're one of them went by brown or and then so one of the one of the children the male child um he has the name of uh the man that she had a relationship with and so the story in my family is that uh leanna at some point during reconstruction took this man to court um that she had him up um was the saying that these they that these they told me um so that this child could uh take his name um <laughs> and so and and so it's interesting if you look at like these different census census records because at some point like you can see like that they're like there's one census record where it lists them all as browns all the children it's like her and her children are listed as brown but somewhere between that and i don't know like there's um something happens where he goes uh he's not brown anymore that male child he goes by Siddle. and so part of what this book um was doing is to try to kind of figure out the origins of the story if there's truth to the story um so part of it is that and then part of it also too is me trying to kind of think about um my own um in the present day thinking about my own uh relationship to my identity um and what that means and then also too um thinking about um my own relationship to my mother and i felt like at the time of writing this book um like my mother my mother was very um she was very she had a strained relationship with her herself her sense of self she was someone who i think just really kind of struggled and um so part of it is me trying to kind of figure out who she was really um um and why she was the way she was part of it is me trying to kind of think, think about myself and why I feel the way that I do as, um, a black person, black woman, um, and coming to terms with that identity. And then for me, I felt like in thinking about this, I had to understand this larger story. Um, and this relationship, like this relationship with Leanna and this, this person, um, and what that context of that relationship was, um, and how whatever that was has come to affect everything that came after. Um, so making these connections to, the present to the past. And when I started doing that, I began to see other connections to the past. And so, so each essay is looking at, um, both that's this larger story of Leanna, um, um, but also to my own kind of, um, issues relating to identity. So you have this larger arc of Leanna and then each individual essay is about some sort of issue relating to race or identity. So, um, like black women's representations, for example, or um, respectability or politics or, um, <coughs> um, or um, black forgiveness. Does that? Yeah, that's, that's a, a wonderful description of it. As, as I was reading the book, I was thinking about the, the essay as a form and the collection of essays as forms. And, you know, we're, we're aware of the, the kind of origins of the term of essay is that you try something or you test something or you attempt something. And so, you know, what most people I think don't realize is the essay is as much interested in questions as it is in answers um, and in exploration as it is in, you know, 
final knowledge or certainty um, or something like that. And it, it felt like there were these two animating mysteries driving the book. And one was about Leanna, and that was historical and cultural because it was so far in the past. And and the way you would go back and, and retell that story and turn it and, and see what kind of resonances that, that very specific kind of historical mystery had rippling up to the present, I thought was very powerful. And then there's this relationship with your mother. Um, at one point you write, I must understand my mother's story to understand myself. And there, rather than historical and cultural, um, the focus also then enfolded kind of psychological and immediately personal. And so you got this this wonderful range of of where the the questioning was taking place and on so many different levels, um, which which leads you to be using so many different kind of ma- forms of material in the piece from research to folklore to biblical passages to theory to personal experience. Um, and so there's just such a range of what's going on. But I, I think that the, the mind that animates it is just constantly interested in, you know, but what does this mean for the present? How does this past unfold and, and illuminate? Um, so it's a, a really powerful and poignant movement throughout the course of the book. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm curious, um, in terms of the voice of the book, right? Um, there are a lot of virtues in it. One of the things you do quite often is you use the second person mm-hmm. to, to talk. Um, and I wonder if you'd speak to that a little bit. Like when you, when you speak to a you who's, who's reading, um, who is that you that you imagine? That's a good question. And that's something that I think with, when I first started these pieces, like I slipped into without realizing it. Um, and it wasn't maybe until like maybe a third of the way, uh, a quarter to a third of the way through um, that I recognized that I was doing it. And so I tried to kind of be uh, more cognizant of, of uh, the second person. Um, and so to, to who, like the, in, in terms of like who it's referring to, I mean, it, it can, it's, it shifts. So sometimes it's just a collective, like you um, reading it. And then sometimes I do have uh, specific people in mind um, that I can't mention. <laughs> uh, and by specific people, like thinking about um, other texts, um, um or um so like other texts that have written about um black experience for example um or race for example um sometimes it's a collective like you who's um who could be reading it um and and then sometimes i do it so like in the um lest you forget piece um or points of interest in that piece, I w- wanted to use the the, the U for because um, part of what that that particular piece is doing is thinking about how like putting the reader in the place of 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 me right and um, having to observe or be in these situations. Um, um, so there's a couple, I mean, there's a couple of reasons for, 
for the sense of you. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to read one of them. It's a passage that I just thought was so moving. Um, it's the very end of Glory Be Her Name. And uh, listeners might be curious to hear that all of the titles of the essays are taken from phrases from the Bible, um, that that's one of the organizing principles for the the ways in. But the end of that is so powerful um, and generous and invitational um, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to read it. Yeah, I, I have to find it here. Let's see. Um, Page 95. Okay. Thank you. I'm like flipping sure. through. Like we're, um, yeah. so at the People that don't write books always think that reader, writers know everything about their own book. <laughs> and um, I've had people ask me questions about essays and then have no idea that what, what essay they're talking about. I wrote that. Are you kidding? Uh-uh. Um, oh, that was 20 years ago. So, so the the I am inter- I, the the top of ninety five I am interested in, is that where? Or I was thinking of the the very end. Okay. I write for women like us. Yeah. So just told me one. yeah. So just that paragraph. Maybe to the end. Okay. Oh. Of the essay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. I write for women like us. Someone told me once, a friend, and I'm reminded of this every time I look on the screen and see a woman who looks like me or when I hold a book in my hands from someone who looks like me or when I see a woman who looks like me on the street, unconcerned with the stares of the world. Each time I'm reminded uh, that there is more, each time I remind, each time it reminds me that there is more than one way of being. Once she came to visit and we were sitting in a bar having a drink. The night was winding down. Last calls were being asked for. I just want to say, I began, stumbling through the words. I looked at my watered-down drink, held the glass between my hands, and I realized I couldn't finish what it was I wanted to say. I am not sure what I eventually said to her after I had broken the silence, but if I had the moment to do over, and we could have gone back to the beginning, I would have, I would have said this. I did not know who I was until I saw you and did not know all of what I could be. And so I think of the others who are still waiting to get to the place I finally come to. And I think of the women with stories of their lives we've yet to hear. I know you are out there. I know you are waiting. And to you, I say, someone is listening. Someone is waiting to hear. So tell me. So come forth and let's begin. That's wonderful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, I, I also noticed that if if you if you look for you on Twitter, this is your pinned tweet, a version of it that appears um, as a contributor's note. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit. Um, there are a few places in the book where you talk about the experience and kind of a beneficial use of social media. Um, for writers, especially writers working from minority minority position, I, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how you know your your Twitter presence folds into your artistic project and your writerly project. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I it, for me, I, I, Twitter has a lot of problems. Social social media in general has a lot of problems, but uh, I had used Twitter and I and I love it. Uh, I have met a lot of. Uh, people that I consider really close friends um, online. Um, and part of that was just because I felt like the spaces that I was in in my daily life were ones of um, exclusion. And um, I was constantly made to feel or be aware of my difference. And so um, 
I turn, I mean, I turn to Twitter and I think a lot of writers um, in similar positions have turned to Twitter to find um, like-minded people, um, uh, people who um, are in similar situations. And, <coughs> and so for me, it was just a place to, 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 to have a space where um, I did have a sense of community and or I could feel that I had a sense of community. Um, and so um, part of what, I mean, in part, I mean, in the acknowledgements, I acknowledge a lot of people who I met through um, those spaces. And so uh, in terms of, also too, in terms of the book, um, I mean, I know, I mean, I'm constantly hearing of other people who, right, or in an MFA programs or PhD programs, um, or just even in classrooms, just regular, like, undergraduate classroom situations where um, they are uh, made to feel as they are uh, um, less than. And so I wanted to um, make sure in some sort of way, any way that I could, that you know, if somebody is feeling that way, that they're not alone, um, that a lot of us go through this and continue to go through this. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the, the poignant things, there's a moment in the book where, where you talk about, you know, the danger of a, a single story, but even worse is perhaps the danger of no story, no voice. And, you know, one of the virtues of the book, I think, is that you're you're constantly listening to responding to participating with other writers and a network of writers mm-hmm. um and one of the things i would encourage listeners and readers of the book to do is go to your website because there you kind of quite evidently and i, I think generously for readers that would want to follow it place your book in the kind of network or constellation of other writers with whom you're discussing all these various issues. So there's a kind of long bibliography for every chapter of, you know, if you found what I was doing in this chapter to be interesting or worthwhile, or you want to pursue it more, here are the places you can go. Um, And just giving a sense of that network, I think, you know, it's an alternative, I guess it would would be something like a bibliographical network as opposed to a social media network. Um, But it's this sense of like, here's this community here, and it's an act of creating that community, um, which I found very powerful. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, um, I tried to do that both, you know, on the site, but then also too within the book, right, this kind of... um, uh, this collective, the sense, the sense of a collective, um, and then referencing other writers, right? Referencing other texts. Uh, there's a lot of allusions to that are happening in the book, um, <coughs> uh, right? Because it's part of like uh, similar to the social. Um, some similar to like social networks or to Twitter, um, part of what got me through writing the book and part of what got me through getting through my program, um, was knowing or finding other voices, um, um, that I wasn't getting 
um, that I hadn't been exposed to. Um, and so a lot of those, uh, I think those writers too, also too in the book, because they made me feel seen. Um, and so my own, this book is my own attempt at furthering that. So that's other people who, uh, feel unseen, uh, can feel that way too. You, you say getting through the book, um, was was this a hard book to write? Because the voice is is so clear and sure. Like even the moments where you're articulating self doubt, the kind of surety on the level of the sentence and on the level of the paragraph is is really powerful and leading the reader forward, even into you know mysteries and doubts. Um, was was it a hard book to write? That's a good question. I. I guess yes, no. I mean, part of it was I wasn't sure I was writing a book until I got close to done with it. And then I was like, oh, I guess I, <laughs> I wrote it. Um, each So each, I mean, and then each essay, I don't know if the the sense of writing it was hard, but the, the, the experience of being, because it's all, like, I'm so... The, the time in which I am writing about these pieces is pretty, it runs pretty concurrently with that me writing them, if that makes sense. So, um, you're not looking way back. No, no, that's pretty. So it, it, I mean, it documents about two years of my life when I'm in the PhD program and each essay, um, I, I wrote each essay pretty close to, um, right after the thing, whatever I'm writing about happens. Um, so, uh, so in the, the points of interest essay, um, the one, um, in the points of interest essay with the like footnotes, um, that's primarily about the protests that happened in Missouri. I wrote that essay. Maybe there's maybe like, a it was like two months later from that, from that situation. Um, and, uh, like most of these kind of similar. Um, so within, so within, I wrote it over about two years and then each essay I probably kind of wrote within a couple of weeks to a month maybe. Um, and then there's like a large kind of gap. Um, <clears throat> and then I wrote another one, um, relatively quickly and then another gap. Um, so I don't know if the act of like writing them was hard um, it w- was more of just the the experience of what I was going through that was hard. Um, and then I wrote them pretty quickly. So it was just kind of like, I didn't have time to really kind of think about. It, it, would it be fair to paraphrase it by saying the living was the hard part and the writing was more like the reckoning? Yeah, I think that's, yes, I think that's a, that's a fair, um, that's a fair uh, description of, 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 of it. Yeah. Well, so in terms of the, could you tell us a little bit about your process? I mean, I think what's, what's kind of fascinating about um, the piece is how much sort of you had mentioned earlier that you, you were approaching it as a journalist. Um, 
But there's a lot of archival research taking place here. There's a lot of calling over documents, calling over census lists, um, looking for clues uh, in the historical record. And then at the same time, um, there's, you know, you being on a kind of awkward setup date, you know, the, the range of material that's taking place, or it's you, you know, thinking about extended metaphors that show up in the Bible. And I'm just wondering about your sense of process, like how do these things come together into the, the synthesis that is the essay when you're mixing these ingredients? Um, what does that process feel like for you as their creator? That's a good question too. So, I mean, the easiest, the easiest way for me to kind of think about this is that um, I, I wrote the book linearly. And then also, too, I, so I started with the first one. That was, um, and part of what my larger, the larger situation was, that time that I was thinking about writing the book, my grandmother had died. And so um, for me, here's this person, the last person in my family who I could, who could answer any kind of questions I had over um what happened to my mother or what happened to like uh, her, her father, or her family, right? Like here was this kind of last. So that was the impetus for me kind of thinking about starting this. And so I kind of sort of said, okay, well, I'm just going to write this one essay and thinking about my own identity and try to kind of suss out, suss out when I can. And then that'd be it. So I wrote the first one and it was really actually kind of like a novella. It was really long. And so, and then I eventually cut it back until it became the first piece in the book. And then I thought I was done. I didn't think I was going to I write about this anymore. And so I wrote this first piece and that was around January, February. And so there was this long gap um, until that following fall. And at the time, and then the fall came around and I was thinking maybe I could try to write another essay or I would have been thinking a lot about at the time about the ways in which uh, uh, black women are, sec- are constantly sexualized in media um, and how that affects one's kind of sense of behavior. Um, and there's this person in my program who uh, I met up with and we went out and over the course of the evening we were talking and he kind of sort of said, uh, we talked about our families and uh, I told him where I was from and he was like, Oh, well my family's from there too. And so it was this strange kind of moment because we're both, I mean, at the time there were like five black students, I think in the program. And so there's, and then here's two of us. And then we're both also two, our families are from this area. And then also two at another element of that we found out is that his uh, father is familiar with my godmother. My godmother knows of his family. So it was this really kind of weird, rareish thing to happen. And I had thought about that. And so I said, well, you know, and also too, at the time I was kind of like flirting with the idea, oh, maybe I'll kind of write another essay or write about further kind of write about this experience of Leanna. I don't know. Like I was really kind of struggling over it. And so that situation kind of, I was like, well, if there's a sign I guess this is this is it. <laughs> so I wrote that essay, and then I again I thought I was over it, and so but then the protest happened. So then I thought about how that the way when the protest happened, Missouri happened, I thought about how the relationship between uh, there's like one story that was on the news, and then there was like another story that's 
wasn't told or wasn't really emphasized. And so I thought about that in relation to history, like there's certain types of narratives that get propagated. Um, so each essay for me was kind of thinking about um, one particular piece, right? So um, rep- like whether it be Black women's representations or it be um, uh, the first essay, I think is largely centered around shame. Um or, and then the third essay, right, and thinking about Missouri and the protests, um, <clears throat> this kind of larger question um, of, uh, like, what types of stories or types of narratives are, are uh, propagated, right? Um, so that was kind of how I went about thinking about each individual piece. I told myself I was going to write a book. Um, I needed to have some sort of larger overarching narrative, Um um, in terms of Leanna, and I had already begun to kind of think about, um, do a little digging in terms of her, uh, in terms of the records, right, in terms of genealogy. So I had a lot of that stuff. Um, I had been going through my comprehensive exam, so I also, too, had a lot of material. I'd been reading a lot of material in regards to, um, <coughs> um, in regards to race, um, and then also too, in terms of the, the biblical uh, pieces, um, I kind of told myself if I was going to, I needed to kind of have some sort of thematic connection. Um, so when I thought about each piece, I tried to kind of think of a way to tie it back to some sort of biblical story or biblical reference. Um, in terms of the organization of each essay, it was more about, I started with kind of thematic idea or topic and then it was more um it, it kind of like a collage almost and i do this with my fiction too uh, in terms of structure like i kind of kind of think about um it's like taking an idea and then adding trying to kind of find other elements to it and um collecting them all together and then figuring out a way to organize it or what makes sense or doesn't make sense um, and so that's how, so that was kind of how with each piece. And so in terms of the information, it could be anything. It could be, you know, so with the, and for by grace about black forgiveness, like I knew I wanted to write, or I'd been thinking a lot about black forgiveness and how, um, it's constantly asked, right. And how it works. And so <coughs> that led me to thinking about the concept of grace, right. Within, um, um, religion, which then led me to thinking about um, uh, the painting, which led me to thinking about um, the, the, the Eric Enstrom painting, um, which led me to thinking about um, Amazing Grace or just, you know, and then you can just further make, you can make further associations or connections. Uh, so that's kind of how each piece worked for me. Um, yeah, that's great. I think that, that gives listeners and and I think young writers a real sense of the the complications of process but also the harmonies and associations that allow you to move forward what I'm also struck by in your your discussion is how it seems like the world either through protests or serendipitous connections or things keeps kind of calling you back to write another essay um as though you're not allowed to let go of it yeah so yeah so is that still yeah. happening um 
you know, the, the first essay I encountered by you, I expected to find in this book, which is why I ordered the book immediately after I did it. It's a triquarterly and it's a, an assembly essay. Um, but it's, it's obviously come after the book. So I'm curious, you know, what are you working on now? What, what is the, the world kind of asking you to do or what have you decided to do? That's, a, you know, <laughs> that's interesting about the triquarterly. I've been trying to kind of think about ways in which I can do um, things that are structurally interesting. So, uh, but I don't know. So with that piece, um, and then I wrote another piece that's like in a series of uh, like different, like I wrote another I wrote another kind of short piece where it's like one narrative that splits into two different narratives that comes back at the end and on the page, you can look at it um, and then you can read it going in one direction or another direction and then coming back. Um, So I'm trying to kind of play with form a little bit, um, but I don't know um, yet where those pieces are going to go in terms of a larger book. Um, My, um, in terms of what I'm currently working on right now, um, I just recently completed a novel um, about, uh, so one of, in one of the essays, I go back to, uh, I go to these plantations in Louisiana and I could, I have not been able to let that go. And so this book that I have been working on since then, um, is set on a plantation and the larger kind of premise is, these ghosts, um, the slave ghosts have come back, um, and are murdering, um, the descendants of their, uh, plantation owning ancestors. So that's a larger promise. And then this, the, in the present day, this woman has come back to her hometown for the wedding of her friends, um, that's happening on this plantation. Um, and then there are these murders that are happening. (laughs) Um, so I've just finished that book. Um, I recently won an, a, a grant, um, to work on a nonfiction book. And so, uh, on another nonfiction book. And so I'm going to try to do that this summer. And that is a book of, I'm wanting to do a book of essays that, that further thinks about our, uh, country's understanding of race. And so I've been wanting to kind of travel uh, the country. And um, I have all these different kind of destination points in mind. So I wanted to go to, <coughs> there's this museum, a Jim Crow museum of racist memorabilia. I've been wanting to go up there and visit it. Um, I've been wanting uh, to go to Thomas Jefferson's Monticello. Um, I've been wanting also to, to go, um, there's this prison um, where that has like a rodeo, and you can buy tickets um, to the rodeo, and the the people that perform in the rodeo um, are are prisoners, and it's like this big, large kind of um, uh, money maker. Um, and so, going to visit that, um, <clears throat> going to Juneteenth celebration. So I have these like documented places, um, and that I want to visit. Um, and and write about them for this book and so ideally i'd like to do this this summer so we'll see <laughs> so if, if listeners are out there and they want to be able to read these pieces when you finally get a chance to write them and want to check out the book where where can we find you on social media and on the web oh gosh this is, so uh i mean so like my twitter profile it is ytsur82 which is a weird <laughs> profile um um or people uh, gosh i don't even know i think the twitter is probably the easiest one because i don't even know like what facebook 
like my Facebook thing is. Um, the terms of the essays, I mean, I, I put everything on my site too. So um, I try to update that um, pretty regularly. And so that's just my name. So www.latanya.com. Great. And we will link to that through the the stuff that goes out with the podcast. So if people are finding this on the web, hopefully it'll be just a quick away, but click away. But sometimes it's nice if people just have the audio file to be able to track it down as well. Okay. Latanya, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your work. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this. This is lovely. My name is Eric LeMay, and you've been listening to an interview with Latanya McQueen, author of and it begins like this on the New Books Network.